0: Greetings and salutations. I think I got cut off there. Hang on. Greetings and salutations. The uh, Hugo Floss podcast episode for the 23rd of May, 2021. As we are recording this at about 11.03 a.m. Mountain Standard Time is about to begin. Nancy Hugo has joined us once again. Nancy, what are you up to?
1: Well, not much. You know, it's Sunday morning. It's one of those uh, mornings where I have my typical work that I have to do for Designer's Circle and all the other crap that I do. Um, But today is a very exciting day. I haven't been to a library in 14 months, and I'm going to go to the library. I got a notice that I had a book on hold, completely forgot that it was on hold because it's been so long. But today I'm going to go pick it up. I was having Jack Reacher withdrawal. So there you are. One of my hobbies is reading Lee Child's books I think I've read about 21 of them. So I'll tell you next week how that one turned out.
0: you read a whole book in a week?
1: Those I do. Yeah. Hmm. You know, they are those kind of books where you can't put it down. He is a very good writer and I like action books. So hmm. I think, I think they're good.
0: And, uh, not to be confused with the Tom Cruise version of Jack Reacher. That's, that doesn't even enter the picture.
1: I don't like uh, Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher. I think they really miscast that idiot. He should have he really not even tried out for the part. And Lee Child was a idiot for uh, picking him. And he did admit that it was a big mistake. So I can't remember who they picked um hopefully a much bigger guy in stature and he'll fit the part I'll let you know when I start watching it
0: Like Dwayne Johnson
1: You know me I don't remember names but I will the remember The Rock Really
0: Should should uh Jack Reacher be The Rock like a big giant muscular I'm wrestler Absolutely
1: not a weenie like Tom Cruise Yeah he's described or in the Batista. book as Yeah Oh, is he the one? He's described in the book as having very large hands, and he could knock people out one right after the other and just take a deep breath. Tom Cruise, you know, he's, like I said, he's just too tiny for the role. Uh, He was good in Top Gun, but that's because they weren't expecting a huge guy.
0: Pilots are uh, better off being what they call a squatty body. Yeah, because they can fit
1: into the cockpit better
0: you want the distance between your head and your heart to be short so that you when you're doing your L1 to maintain blood flow to your brain when you're squeezing your legs and you're breathing very short not the blood doesn't have to travel so far and yeah. yes your head needs to clear the canopy
1: yeah and i'm sure tom cruise didn't do any anything that pilots actually do but yeah he did fit the part
0: you're not familiar with tom cruise and his whole stunt thing
1: his he does. He does
0: like thing. most of his own stunts. So I oh, would yeah, almost guarantee yeah. he was in a fighter jet doing all that stuff at some point in that. Oh, movie. Good for him. Well, I'm not a fan. Okay. But- I was.
1: I was when he did <clears> Tom Gun. What did I? I watched it 15 times. But lately, he's been Looney Tunes. Um, enough. We have spent enough time on Tom Cruise. What are we going to talk about next?
0: Uh, I don't know. I haven't been to, we have a, we have a fairly decent library here, sort of near me. Um, it's kind of, kind of near target. So it's a bit of a hike where I can catch the bus and, uh, drops, drops you off right in front of the library. It's nice, but, um, paper books are kind of a throwback now. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually held a paper book in my hand in a long time. But Kindle yeah. books and uh, and audio books, I, I consume them pretty pretty regularly now.
1: I've done both, and I still like paper books. Oh, call me old fashioned, right? But to me, Jack Reacher uh, fits very well in a paper book. I mean, I just got to get into the mood and turning those pages, and yeah, I like it. Okay. Hey, let's talk about uh Vegas. I hear that the whole city is open now. Open to everybody. They're all on excited. June
0: first.
1: Yeah. Well, we're almost there. Yeah.
0: On June 1st officially, 100%. Yeah, they're going to lift all uh, they're going <laughs> to throw caution to the wind, but effectively since last Friday. I think. Yeah, I think I think last Friday uh, the mayor the mayor Well, the mayor was already like open everything. <laughs> The governor said, "We're going to accept and go by the CDC recommendation." So, I think within five minutes of that, everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we're open." And um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I went to a an event last week, a couple of days ago, and I hadn't been to one of my networking events in 14 months. Everything is 14 months, and I was—I did bring a mask, and I approached the showroom where everybody was and nobody, excuse me, I had a cough and nobody was wearing a mask. And I thought, do I put my mask on and look like a, a party of one? I was told later that there was a person who walked into the networking group with a mask and she felt so out of place. She took her mask off. I tried to stay away from groups, but you can't really get from A to B without going through a group of people. And so I'm holding my breath. And I guess in 14 days, I'll see if I am still healthy. And, and every time I talk to somebody, I would say, did you get your vaccine? Did, I mean, have you done the two thing? Have you done the, uh, the two vaccines so that I know I'm a little safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only one person said, well, no, but I'm scheduled to. And there was a guy, I know this particular guy, he's six foot seven. And he said, yeah, I've had my my, uh, shots, but, you know, I've had COVID in December. I'm fine. Six foot seven. There's nobody around him to breathe on him. So, and here I am. Everybody knows that I'm a kind of fatigue person. And so... I'm below the, uh, that level, you know. They probably should say, okay, if you're tall, you're safe. But if you're small and you get into a crowd, well, ah, death be to you. So we'll see how safe I am in 12 days.
0: Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> well, there, there's still been, <clears throat> pardon me, there's still been catastrophically bad education and transparency of sharing of information so we don't even have to discuss it but the connection between mask vaccination transmission exposure all this stuff is so muddled made worse by people than trying to re-explain it when they don't know what they're talking about so yeah whatever cross your fingers because whatever whatever anybody actually says anymore doesn't matter right so it's just going to happen the way it happens
1: it is uh, what it is right? i heard
0: I heard a, uh, a youtuber who wanders around Vegas on the weekends downtown or on the strip and uh, it's interesting I've met I think I mentioned it before it's called not leaving Las Vegas and there are several people that do this so you don't even have to go I don't have to go downtown or to the strip or anywhere uh, he does it for me <laughs> so I can watch I let, I let his videos play while I'm, while I'm working or whatever <clears throat> so I'll just like oh, well, oh yeah look look at all those people so yeah. I think it was uh, Saturday night. So the 22nd or one of the ones this weekend, 21 or 22 May, he literally said, well, I mean, I don't know why kids have to have masks. They, they already know, we already know they don't get it. And I, I think it's that sort of stupidity that um, is part of the the problem because at some point somebody said, well, children don't really get it and they don't transmit it. <clears throat> if you listen to an actual doctor, clinician, researcher, uh, Dr. Daniel Griffin, my buddy, he literally we should uh, be on his show, you know, yesterday. Now, no, Saturday, week. that's not how that works, but anyway, Saturday, he uh, <laughs> yesterday he did his weekly clinic, clinical update, and he said, Yeah, the percentage of children getting it was low a long time ago, but now it's going up. So, there have been more fatalities, more uh, cases. so, um, the fact that our communication and education infrastructure is is. Not was it's not a political, well, it's it was politicized, but it, it's just broken. Um, and if you ever, if anybody out there watches YouTube, for example, there are people who, the moment anything happens, they do an explainer video. So it doesn't have to be COVID, it could be like, uh, hey, there's a new screwdriver out, how the new screwdriver works. Like that's immediately a topic for everybody to jump on. And so, People who don't know anything more than they got it 30 seconds before you did, they go, oh, I'm going to go on, on YouTube and explain it. And like, according to this article, kids don't get it, but that's just incorrect. So it's a shame, but we're, we will find out how the summer turns out. Mm. So
1: yeah, we'll see.
0: That's all I have to say.
1: But then again, they're saying that there's going to be a third uh, shot and there's going to be more. Hey, talk about this vaccine killing people or not this vaccine, the pandemic killing people. Have you been listening to how many murders there are? I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but every city is having these mass murders. People are going crazy, shooting friends, people they don't know. Well, I just saw it on the news. Uh, Somebody in New Jersey killed two people and I guess it was at a party. Again, I didn't read the whole article because I had to do this podcast. But they said two to three hundred people were running away from the house where they guess they had this gathering.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Uh, two people killed, 12 people injured, I think it is. Yeah. I saw that yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah.
1: In oh. Fairfield County, I think it was. Um, well, so what does that tell you? Stay away from crowds. Stay away yeah. from people who own guns. Stay away from – well, not necessarily. Stay what? away from the crazy people who own guns. Stay away from people that aren't your friends. Don't get into arguments.
0: Almost every day in the news here in Las Vegas, there's a stabbing or a shooting or some sort of violent crime. There's usually some sort of a automobile related incident, a hit and run, or somebody was hit on a bicycle. I think it was a child maybe two days ago. Um. So, yeah, every day here. But that's that's always been the case. So it's sort of hard. It, it just returned.
1: But it, it has never been the case um, in Phoenix. I remember years ago, you would hear killings on the weekend because it was kids having parties or maybe drugs, alcohol, and that would precipitate the shootings and the killings. But now it's every day and it's from one end to the other, killing Neighbors because they're arguing, kids being killed by their parents, automobile accidents. It's a shame. What is this world coming to?
0: Yeah, well, the pent up uh, rage. I'm sure. I, but yeah, like I said, Vegas. um, There's just always a certain amount of crime that seems to overturn. It doesn't seem like it's more than usual just back to normal as far as i can tell i'm sure there's a statistic somewhere but i phoenix to me maybe they just weren't report may, see here the, the, the online news anyway um it's it's the top line you know the, the big headline or the second one maybe is the, the the murder or the hit and run vehicular fatality or whatever a motorcyclist hit a pickup truck so a motorcyclist dies in collision speed was a factor, that kind of stuff. Those are, those are daily headlines here. So I have to imagine in a city that's like two or three times bigger in population, Phoenix over Vegas, there's just day to day. There's gotta be something similar. Like people are getting into fatal car accidents or somebody shoots another person, not mass shootings.
1: Yeah. Well, we can actually say in Phoenix, number one, um, Probably the pandemic has gotten everybody on edge. Number two, the hotter it gets here, for some reason the tempers are shorter, and so there's more killings, and that's typical. Uh, number three, we've got more people than we've ever had, so your your possibility of getting killed or gotten into an, getting into an accident is higher. Yeah. So all of the above.
0: Well. Both Nevada and uh, Arizona are open-carry states, so if more people would have guns, then everybody would be safer. So, I agree. That. I agree. Yeah. Everybody should be strapped. That way, if there's a gun shootout, then uh, yeah, uh let them have it.
1: Yeah. It's going back to the Old West, <laughs> right?
0: There, there's almost no statistically significant number of good guy with a good person with a gun uh, actually paying off, but they make a big thing of the one or two stories now and then like, Oh, it's a good thing. You had to go see, but 99.9% of the time, it doesn't go that way. So anyway, more people with guns. Uh, strangely, you know, it's fun. I always found this funny in Vegas. People are very, um, despite the fact that, uh, Nevada b- voted, uh, de- the delegates were democratic. It was, it's pretty, it's kind of split. I think Vegas is, is more liberal, even though, there's no shortage of conservative voters here. Anyway, so people, people do like guns here, but you cannot go into most businesses with your firearms. They will be like, uh, no, you're not allowed in here with that. You can carry it outside. Yay, guns, but don't bring it in my business. <laughs> so I think Phoenix is not like that. I've seen some places that are like, yeah, you're welcome to come in with your firearm.
1: Yeah, unless they have a sign saying "Leave your firearm at the door." That's what I, yeah,
0: I just said that's what I was. That's what I was and, intimating. So,
1: but but not yeah. Most of the time, you don't see that sign, and of course, you can't carry around a school. I think, right?
0: Which is where you spo- The principals and the uh, teachers should all be armed, right? And then uh, protect the kids from homework or something. If
1: we can just get rid of these crazy <laughs> people. <laughs> Hey, I went to that networking group, and I did get a comment from one of my longtime um, – I guess he's one of the fans of my blog. I used to uh, write a blog every week complaining about things. Your soapbox. Yeah, my soapbox. And he said, it's just not the same. I said, okay, I'm going to step it up. So this week, I'm going to step it up for you, John. I'm going to talk about those two nitwits of shame, you know, K-squared, Kim, or as everybody calls her, Kimmy and Kanye. Is there any surprise that they're splitting up these two crazy people? No, it's taken longer than probably most people thought. I think they've been together, what, anywhere between 10 and 14 years, I lost count. Um, And why are they splitting? God knows there's so many reasons. First of all, would you really like to be on a reality show? Everybody says that Kim insists that her husband, and she's had a few, be on the reality show with her family and her mother. Of course, good old Chris, her mo manager. But do you really want to put your laundry out for the world? Now, Kim and all the other Kardashians enjoy it because they're making billions. Not to say that Kanye... It's not a billionaire because he is. But at what point do you say, well, if you're going to marry me, we have to do everything in front of a camera, which literally she does. So I guess he got tired of it. Not to say that he's all that, you know, sane. Um, he was complaining that her dresses were too revealing. But then on the other hand, he was designing clothes for her that showed everything she owned. She has no shame. Like everybody knows, um, she's saying that she wants to be a lawyer, but I think she should really be an author. She should write a book about the human body because she has the pictures already. She has shown every single thing she owns. And uh, I think that's crazy. And how is she going to explain that to her kids as they get older? I don't know. But anyway, there's a pile of
0: money in each child's bank account. Yeah. Explanation done.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So these two idiots were meant for each other. Um, And the thing is that they're going to have to divide their billions and their kiddos. So hurry up and get on with it. I think people are tired. I read the comments about the stories that people write. Now, the authors usually give her um, kudos, you know, she's because she loves the paparazzi. I think she calls them before she takes a move, before she goes to the gym and before she gets in her car. So she's always got them lined up. So, of course, they, she makes for good copy. But the people who read also make comments. And that's what I like to read because they get on, they yell at each other. they keep. Call- Somebody said that uh, she, when she dies, uh, they're going to have to recycle her body. And she's got so much plastic in there. I don't know if that's going to be good for the... Um, recycle area. Anyway, I was reading uh, some of their stats, and their wedding was $2.8 million. And her three wedding gowns for that one wedding was $30 million. So, man, I wish I could be their divorce (coughs) lawyer. Just saying. Mm -hmm. So, we'll, we'll find out what happens in probably two years when they fight over his Wyoming ranch and her billions and billions and then there's those four kids. So who knows what's going to happen, but it makes for interesting story because I guess everybody's tired of reading about the pandemic. They need some crazy stuff to read. So there it is. I'm getting off my soapbox
0: now. Excuse me. I'll, I'll counter that with two major points. One, who cares? Uh, Honestly, that's, that's kind of old news. They filed for divorce in February. They're doing uh, the joint custody agreements. It doesn't sound like they're going to be doing any lawsuits. So it's a uncontested divorce essentially. Well, she always uh, made for a good
1: copy for my soapbox because, you know, what else is there to write about? Right.
0: So, but the other divorce in the news, if you're going to talk about a a divorce, you might as well talk about one that's current. Yeah. So the, the gate, so there, I have a couple of issues with that in general. One, um, this happened with Bezos as well. Before uh, Jeff and Mackenzie um, were getting divorced, he was the richest man because even though she, sh- they were married when he started Amazon, so th- it was their endeavor. I'm sure yeah. she was as supportive as anybody, uh, or more, in the the building of this mega corp. So it, it's ridiculous that society in general. Uh, <clears throat> assigns all of the wealth and success to him until they're getting divorced, then everybody wonders, how much is she going to get out of it? And you're like, well, yeah, half of it is legitimately hers. There's really no argument.
1: Well, I heard that With, and I read well, that. Um, it yeah, was, I didn't, let me I didn't just say really. about her. Yeah. It was her idea to start uh, the prime thing, shopping online. So, hey, she's part of it. Without her, he probably wouldn't be. I just be said that.
0: that yeah. Much. I just said that. So, that, the, the first problem I have is that typically in these high profile divorces, uh, it's all him until the divorce. Then it's how much is she going to take? What's yeah. her cut of the divorce? So, I thought, I think that's disingenuous. Now, Gates, uh, exactly. Bill Gates was already wealthy beyond he was the richest man in the world at that time i think when they got married uh they didn't have a prenuptial agreement so that's interesting but yeah the the, the more interesting thing so that in that case like well you know bill gates and paul allen pretty much upended the universe with microsoft and uh, all of their various crimes against humanity but the problem now they uh melinda was fi- was thinking about filing for divorce two years ago now so forget about the money for a second The problems I have are with the way that the Gates Foundation has been handling their involvement in the pandemic and vaccines and how Bill convinced Oxford to not open source what would become the AstraZeneca vaccine so that they could profit from it. Um, And she's been behind this, this marketing message the whole time. So the two of them, I think, are problematic. And he, much more so, she's been towing the line, I think, for the Gates Foundation. So in this divorce... Uh, I, don't, I don't really care how many shoes or, or wedding gowns or whatever the, the the West Kardashian corporation has and what, how they're going to split it. That doesn't really impact the world. But these two people, uh, th- they're shenanigans, especially Bill's, from what we're hearing so far. They've had material impact on the lives of many people. <laughs> and it turns out uh, Bill Gates always was and apparently still is and will probably always be a piece of shit. A a bad human. He is a bad human being, and um, I'm not impressed. Well put, Dan. That divorce will will shed a lot of light, because I have to admit for the for when he formed the Gates Foundation, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and even before that, when he started donating money, and he had his, um, you know, this kind of uh, this amount of money is uh, ridiculous, and uh, you know he's only going to leave his kids ten million dollars each because it's. Uh, the the impact on their development as humans with unlimited resources would be problematic in his opinion. Anyway, all that stuff, you're like, oh, maybe he's taking all of his evil that led his led to his riches, his his horrendous business practices and just his awfulness as human being. Uh, I'm not a Bill Gates fan, but if he yeah, uh got if it, he huh? was turning that into some sort of a positive impact, his you know malaria and all uh, he's trying to trying to cure malaria. Well, okay, yeah. but I'm sure now we will find out. That the 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 uh, The sun will shine on his <laughs> his motives are still profit. His motives are still control. There's the rumor is that he was working with Jeffrey Epstein because he hoped that he would end up with a Nobel Peace Prize or a, a Nobel Prize for something. So, if you want to talk divorces, that's the one that's more interesting because it 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 has global ramifications what we will discover from this falling out. Yeah. Kanye West is a is a weirdo and Kim and her entire family are wealthy mostly because they played exactly the right cards in the deck that they were dealt uh, or the hands that they were dealt. And uh you know, you can't really fault them for
1: no, they the, know how to play the marketing card. Yeah. I'll tell you.
0: So, but but Gates, uh, I mean, you know, anybody who wants to flip through their history book, you can read about the the guy who uh, had the CPM operating system, and he eventually died. I think he fell down some stairs, but he he did not go to the meeting for some reason with IBM and Microsoft did, or um, the anyway. So so Gates and Allen got lucky and capitalized on it, similar to the. The, the Kardashian family. But some of their business practices, unlike, you know, standing in front of a camera and posting uh Instagram pictures, you know, their their business practices were predatory in my opinion. Predatory and damaging to the world. And uh, I used to work at Netscape back in the Internet Explorer, you know, the browser wars. So Microsoft is I think a bad actor and Bill Gates was right at the front of that. And um, uh, what's his name? Um, the, I can't remember the other CEO after Gates stepped down. Totally oh. forget his name. Anyway, yeah. So so his wealth is built on trouble. And I, I think we're going to find out about that. So uh, uh, this is the divorce to keep an eye on. Uh, Kim and Kanye, who cares? Right, whatever.
1: Well, the uh, Bezos divorce seemed to uh, go without any hitches. I mean, I heard he was getting a divorce. Well, oh, he's divorced. So apparently yeah, the- he was more on the up and up.
0: Well, I mean, there were, he, he was already dating somebody else that there is, there wasn't really much. It was like, oh, oh yeah, by the way, I'm, uh, <laughs> we're seeing other people and, uh, Mackenzie, it sounds like she went, okay, I'll take my chunk of them, uh, the, the, the assets of our, of our efforts over the last, whatever, 20 years or something. And, um, she yeah. moved on with her thing. She's already married. To, I know. Uh,
1: I know. A to teacher, a teacher. I think. Yeah. But as far as the Gates goes, I don't really know that much about him. But you hear this, oh, they're sponsoring um, reading for kids. Oh, they've got the foundation and they're giving money for this. They sound like they were right below Mother Teresa. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mother Teresa is another problem. But uh, Unless you start digging into Gates, you think, oh, wow, he's trying to just help the world with all his money.
0: You have to find out how much, of, how much back end he had, as in, hey, I'm going to give a bunch of money to whatever to, to cure malaria, but I'm going to make a dollar on each injection or whatever, right? Like maybe maybe there's a nefarious motive behind the scenes that we will learn about over time, hopefully. And Because um, mm-hmm. I think people um, exalt these rich people, but you become wealthy by stepping on other people.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm poor. I just try to well, treat people nice the way I'd like to be treated. Yeah. And where does that get you? Well maybe it'll get me a seat in heaven or something. I
0: don't know. Maybe. You gotta pay you gotta pay the Gates Foundation probably. He's <laughs> got oh. the uh the, the 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 lock on the
1: On the pearly Gates, vouchers. yeah, right.
0: Yeah Yeah, well, you have to hit the start button when you get up there and then Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: and then Bill Gates will hit the delete button and you'll never get there.
0: Anyway, so uh, yeah, I've I, I, I've never really been into the Kanye Kim or any of these any of the faux celebrities. So I don't really care. But the Gates, the the Bezos stuff was sort of interesting. There's more to it when you look at the um, how he used the Washington Post and he, did you know to to, to deal with the uh, the salacious articles that the Enquirer was writing and all that stuff. That's sort of interesting, but it's like eh. Okay, but they got divorced. It's all done. Whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a quick date. Well, but I mean, while, while Jeff Bezos and by association, his wife during their time together, because prime, actually, prime shipping is part of the problem with their impact on the world, because the, the whole like shipping and driving trucks every single day. And you know, like, how many, anybody out there listening, uh, or you, um, you, you've received prime shipping packages. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ordered two items and they're both like the deck of cards and they arrive in a box that's five times bigger in two separate boxes on two different shipments?
1: Occasionally, yeah.
0: Right. So Amazon Prime is a logistics achievement. The way that they've done just in time shipping and because your two packages might be coming from different parts of the country and they arrive on the same day and that's good, but. You know what? If it took three or four days and I got them in one box that was the correct size, and it, that would be fine too. But the so the pro, the impact of Prime on the the globe, right? Systemic impact over yeah. time is actually non-trivial. So just
1: just recycling you, boxes alone, right?
0: Well, but you, yeah, you can't just say, "Well, it's all Amazon, Jeff Bezos." I, you know, if she came up with Prime, then at some point somebody should say, "You know, Prime is really is really killing people." The whole Amazon logistics. Thing. Anyway, so that's that, but the Gates Foundation also. So these 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 have had global impact. And entertainers getting divorced. Like um what's his name? Um uh, uh John Mulaney. John Mulaney, comedian, he was a writer on Saturday Night Live. He's very funny. He went into rehab again for an alcohol and drug addiction relapse. Uh he was in there for a few months. He got out and I think the day he got out He said, yeah, I'm leaving my wife, and uh, he's dating somebody else now. So that's shitty, but that has zero impact on the world. True, and the only reason
1: why I brought up uh, the Kanye Kardashian thing is, like I said, it makes for good copy for my soapbox. But honestly, I have never watched their show, when I can't even remember the name of it. What is it? Life with the Kardashians or something, something like that. And I've never listened to any of his music. And I've really never watched any interviews with these people. It's just, you know, the so funny you, things. What?
0: So so the soapbox content is for eyeballs, but it's not actually meaningful. No. Okay.
1: No, it's not. I mean, I will complain about things that I think are – well, something to complain about, but it's not affecting my life. Um, there was an incident this week that affected me and really got me um, a little torqued. And that's when I talk to people on the phone and sometimes in person, although I have to say I haven't been out in the world lately. But if I go to a store, mostly if I'm on the phone, people will say, okay, hun," And I think that is probably insulting to me, maybe to other people. I think it sounds stupid. I don't know what they're trying to do. Call me hun or honey or sweetie. I'm not your mother. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not your best friend. I'm your client or I'm calling for information. So proper phone etiquette is not being utilized. So I did tell the person that I called to talk to that the person who answers the phone and starts calling people "honey" uh, should either say goodbye to her, or somebody has to talk to her and say, "This is not proper. This is not business like. Don't call me hon." Okay.
0: I think. Uh, well, on the phone, I think that's weird. But um, yeah, I think I think I may have mentioned this uh, else uh, off the show somewhere. But and and I've just been thinking about what we talked about. So often if you go to a Denny's or, you know, so a late night restaurant or, <clears throat> so it's typically evening night and like a b- bartender or a, a server of some sort at a restaurant or, you know, Den- the Denny's server, probably a woman in this case, uh, will will refer to a woman or people at the table, you know, hey hon, hey hon, what are you having? That kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that sounds goofy to me. But
0: but, but i'm kind of wondering now <clears throat> I, I don't know if it would be subconscious because i know there are actual efforts to do this but i almost wonder if it's um uh, an endearment mechanism and it's almost like a wink that's like um just making sure everybody, everybody you know like you're not here under duress or somebody's not uh, causing trouble so because uh, uh, anecdotally there have been the you know the odd uh restaurant person who notices a, a kid is uh distressed in some way and it turns out they were kidnapped or So I'm not saying it's that heavy, but I almost wonder if there's there's a certain like, you know, trying to trying to engage women at the table just in case. Right? So but I've heard that interaction in th- those contexts and it seems less off putting. It seems more just trying to be friendly, they don't know you, you don't know them, so they're just it's usually Well they can
1: still kind of, say, Would you like some water? Or would you like more coffee? They don't have to say, Hey hun, do you like more coffee? I'm not sure. Right, honey. except
0: Well, so I just I just gave a reason for that. But anyway, so uh, but on the phone see. in a business setting, that seems very oh, inappropriate. Yeah, that seems definitely. weird.
1: Yeah. Or I get the other people on the phone who treat me like an idiot, and typically they have been uh, nurses or front-end people at doctor's offices where they talk to you like you're in kindergarten. Oh, you're a certain age, we do have to talk slowly so that you can understand, and then they sing song everything, so that's also very insulting. Um, yes. Yeah, there is, I haven't uh, mentioned it to the doctors' offices to the people at the front desk because I have to go back there, so I can't chop off the, uh, you know, the, I can't insult them, or the relationship has to go on. So I will at some point tell them what I really feel. Um, but for these people that I talk to on the phone for business, uh, I'm if they want my business you know, they should really talk to me in a business-like way.
0: Indeed. Yes. Um, well, that's generally true. And so before I continue, I'm going to, because we always wait till the end, but now that we're roughly halfway through a typical show, I will remind people listening that we do have uh, uh, show notes or other th- related things. And I used to publish them in the description of a, of the each podcast episode on Anchor, which is annoying and doesn't really work well. So I've been, and Nancy could also uh, chime in on these newsletters, but we'll see how that goes. So, uh, but there will be show notes at least in uh, the show notes newsletter that I publish right after I pu- post the show. So if you go to Hugo Floss dot, uh, Hugo Floss Co so it matches our Twitter and, and everything. So hugoflossco.substack.com, you will find... The beginnings of our show notes newsletter. And if you subscribe to that, I will also link to the show. So if you are not listening on a podcast reader, I'm sorry, a podcast client, Podcatcher, uh, you can get in your inbox the show notes, a link to the actual show for that week, and so on. And also don't forget that Nancy has a, her own podcast called Home, Home Design, Design Chat with, Chat Nancy. with
1: Nancy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I did
1: read the show notes, um, this one that I was just talking to you about. And I have to say that they're very interesting, but a little long. Now, I find that most people that I know, they probably read as much as me, hardly anything. Um, Jumping into Jack Reacher books is a big one for me, because those are the ones I can't put down until I finish. But typically, I don't really have the time. I hate to say this, but I don't have the time to read a lot of long lengthy stories
0: and did, now so you read the Quagling sand show notes from i'm sorry not Quagling sand but Quagling sand is my other podcast that i do yeah. um you read the hugo floss show notes from last week right and, and
1: they were very interesting
0: did you find that the headline section did so they have a little you know bold face subheads made it easy to find so if you're looking for particular yes. like oh what was the link there right so I could I could publish like a a one million word newsletter, but if it's and easy I know to it's easy for, for you to do, Dan. <laughs> but if I publish a link that you're looking for and it's easy to get to, uh, as opposed to the anchor podcast description, then it doesn't really matter how long it is if you're able to find what you're looking for. So I would argue that uh, uh, an easily navigable show notes newsletter with what you're looking for is better than. The, the limited, crappy version of what's on anchor
1: that's true, but so, you know what, Dan, we are using anchor and we are using Zencaster, even though you're not happy with them right now that's what we have, so don't insult them too much and until you come up with the better alternatives we're we'll be using them, and I do have to admit that i have I've had some problems uh, recording on Zencaster with home Design chat with Nancy. Um, typically I have to, I'll start recording and then all of a sudden something drops. I, I don't hear anybody. I got to refresh. I've got to send the invitation out again. So I guess nothing's perfect in this world.
0: So the, the problem with, oh, don't say anything <laughs> is, um, I meant the, that facetiously though. Right, right. But I mean, so the, your hospital scenario is, is an interesting extreme because, um, uh, you know, hey, my family member, my friend that I'm trying, I brought into the emergency room. Um, they stuck that thing in his arm, and there's blood coming out of it. But I don't want to say anything, right? So, I mean, it, it's very easy to be, like, I don't want to say anything and upset the apple cart, so to speak. Because, uh, oh no, I have, ton- but I have no. upset the apple okay.
1: cart in those situations.
0: <clears throat> um, anyway, so when when we're using Zencaster, for example, and their message is like, hey, we'll recover from a connection loss. But it really is much more painful than that. If I don't say anything, then people will think that's true. And I'm not saying people read that and said, oh, I'm not using Zencaster anymore. But the bottom line is if you don't tell the people that may, if you're, if you're at a restaurant and you eat food and it's like, oh, this doesn't taste right, but I don't want to say anything. Well, maybe they're giving people food poisoning or maybe they've just opened a can of uh, whatever that's soured or... Maybe they put too much salt, whatever. But so if you provide feedback, which I always tell people, you know what you know what co-creation is? It's when you go to uh, somebody's house and they, you taste the dinner that they've prepared and they're like, how is it? What do you think? I spent all the, you know, like the, they're asking for your feedback. So anyone who doesn't want your feedback, positive or negative, doesn't care about you.
1: Right. And I agree so, with you on that. And so Zencast- but what about the people who ask for the feedback and you tell them and then they don't do anything about it?
0: Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. So Zencaster is hiring a senior QA quality assurance uh, lead that they sent uh, uh, an email from the founder of the company like, hey, Zencaster users. And they've posted it elsewhere. Um, I have contacted their support people for two different things and their response was not useful. And the, the current platitude is, oh, well, I will forward that to our development team and we really appreciate your f- constructive feedback. But that doesn't, that's a platitude, right? So yeah. Um, most recently I've talked about my f- banking, changing to online banking and whatnot. Uh, there, you would expect a website or the portal that you're using the vir- you know, virtual bank, the application or should be correct. It should give you correct information. And the recent interaction was basically, oh yeah, even though you did that, it will update after something else happens, but that's not made clear. So as a customer of the bank, you're like, um, what, what, what's, what's supposed to be happening here? And, uh, I think banking and hospitals, these are, these are essential services, uh, not in a pandemic sense, but I mean, just in general, that's how people work, health, money. So when you don't honor your customer and there's a Steve jobs video, I'll, I'll add it to the show notes. I'll link to it. Um, his whole thing when he rejoined Apple was uh, honor the customer, so uh, which Apple doesn't really do. They're they're as <laughs> crappy as anybody else. But his in his heart, at least, he, even though he was a total ass to most people, his belief was that you should make a product for the customer. And as a developer in my history over over the years, I did find that Apple may put the onus on the software developers to hardware developers like here this must work out of the box and it must take care of problems itself and whatever so that was definitely their their ethos was to make the computer work for the customer and not the other way around
1: Mm. did you ever meet steve jobs
0: i never did Mm. I never did i met gil amalio and i met uh, i i one time walked by uh uh, that was his name uh
1: yeah the other guy
0: no, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't Schindler. It sounds like Schindler, because everybody know. always used to say Schindler's List, but they'd say his name and it was um, Schiller or whatever. And I never met uh, the Pepsi guy. Um, I can't remember his name either. But anyway, I but oh, I worked I worked in Mariani really one.
1: Usually, you but, remember everybody's name, but
0: well, these people are not important to me, so yeah. I don't really. Well, who care. was Steve
1: but Jobs? Wozniak? Did you ever meet him?
0: I tried to uh, meet. Wozniak when I was doing the real, uh, sunny, um, sunny bell rock. Uh, no. Yeah. No radio, sunny bell. Sorry. Radio sunny bell was, uh, our podcast thing we were doing in sunny bell and the Steve's went to homestead high school, which is, uh, I think technically it's in Cupertino, but it's right on that border mm-hmm. and it's on homestead. If you're there, homestead high school. So at some point I reached out to the, the Wozniak, uh, fortress. And I asked if he would be interested in being and I got the, probably the assistant's assistant's assistant was like, who are you again? And I go, <laughs> okay. Funny. But I mean, Wozniak is more, he has demonstrated that he's much more of a, you know, put your, put your money where your mouth is. So he is, he spent most of his fortune on uh, teaching kids about computers and having free events like concerts and things to promote sort of community and And all that, so he he's been more, and he's like, oh, I I actually like Android phones better. So, (laughs) so he's he doesn't play the game so much. I think he's more a little bit more down to earth. But Jobs, at least in when he took over at Apple again, and uh, and he did the Think Different campaign. There's a a really interesting press meeting where they they show the ads, and he's wearing cargo shorts and whatever, and so he's not not in his uniform and that's his big thing. He's like, uh, you know, do make products for the customer. Cause they're the ones that are going to use it. Don't, uh, yeah. So there, and there, uh, if you're a S, um, Steven Sinek, is that his name?
1: I don't know. Another um, Steven.
0: No, it's not Steve Sinek. What's what is his name?
1: Um, Oh, it could be Mickey Mouse for all I know. Get on with the story.
0: Uh, I'm looking up his name. It's uh start with Y and it's, a uh, yeah, Simon Sinek. Why did I think Steven Simon Sinek, uh, start with Y and he compares Apple and Dell. And so in his mind, Apple does things for why, and Dell does things for, uh, what they sell something and Apple wants to change the, anyway, so that uh, I could argue against that, but it's a nice idea but i think uh customers my my interactions with customer support have been disappointing. Huh. and uh i've gone on at length about this now but yes you have. It's just it's like hey uh are you making uh, i i will do a podcast about this on uh, the other one of the other shows quagling sand or ffs talk and <clears throat> when you when you look at how things work, it's like, are you are you trying to do? Well, this goes to the start with why thing. Are you doing something just to make money, or are you doing something to just make make your corner of the world a little bit better? Right? So, if you're just in it for profit, then who cares if oh you're having a problem with my product? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> go somewhere else. Uh, that's the message that you get sometimes. You're like, um, I, I just. I have the problem with the way your uh, my podcast client, uh, player.fm sometimes just doesn't sync podcasts. And here again, can you send us a screenshot? I'm like, uh, no, you don't believe that I'm having an issue with your software. You need me to send you a, a screenshot that shows that the podcasts are out of date. And because you're not believing that I'm telling you this. So, uh, that kind of stuff really disappoints me because uh, I, as a software engineer myself, I've told anytime I work with a like, testing people, I always say, "Hey, if you find a problem, tell me, because I would like my software to work and work better." And I don't want—I'm not going to say like, "Oh, how dare you point out my flaws!" Right? Mm. That doesn't help anybody. So, but that's the sense I get.
1: Well, I get—I have the same problem if I call a support uh, for anything having to do with technology. Uh, Cox, CenturyLink, whoever, Verizon, you always, well, Verizon's been better lately, but they treat you like, okay, we know that you're not really smart, so we're going to ask you these questions, and then you go, no, but this doesn't work this way, and you end up, I end up saying, forget it, I'll just deal with what I have, because you you don't get anywhere, you're wasting your time with them.
0: Exactly, and that's that is my number one problem if you if you are selling a service or a software or whatever if if people are paying you money and they ask a question that question should be the most important thing on the agenda for the day in interacting with that person it should not be giving them platitudes right oh we really appreciate you reaching out and we'll be sure to send that to... it should be like oh i'm understanding the problem that you're describing here and i know i'm going to i'm going to open a ticket here and you're going to learn when we fix it. Like you're going to get an update of progress of this because yeah, I can tell our developers and you're going to go on your way and you're like, I don't know what that means. This doesn't, I don't know. Are they going to fix it? They're going to tell somebody. Okay. I've told somebody, what does that mean? So I think um, the person that's using the product, if you're again at a restaurant, Hey, this food is weird. It tastes salty or there's gluten in this or whatever, right? Now, I know some people say, "Oh, once you do that, they're going to go back and spit in your food." And unfortunately, that's probably not one hundred percent false.
1: No, oh, but that's true. As a
0: as a chef, there are those that say you shouldn't have to season anything. But I think for the most part, the the people that I know that prepare food, especially food truck people, they want the person that's eating their food to enjoy it. So they're like, oh, if there's a problem, just tell me. You don't have to write a Yelp review about it or complain to your friends. I'm right here. I'm literally on the other side of this thin metal wall of my food truck. So just come to the window and say, and then they'll, you'll always get it fixed. They'll always say, oh, let me fix that for you. They're never going to say, too bad.
1: Well, and then you're going to go back to them the next time you see them. Exactly. This is just common sense. But there are I, people who were not meant to be entrepreneurs.
0: I, I used to oh yeah absolutely I used to be in a in a Facebook a couple of Facebook groups Facebook is awful um, for food truck mobile vendor people and occasionally there would be the most ridic- ridiculous discussion possible along the lines of I had a customer get a scoop of ice cream and then they drop it you know it fell on the ground and they're like can I get another one and I'm like what do you I got to pay you know so they complain about it and yeah at the end of the day. Do you ever want that person to come back or even say one positive word about you? Put the, put the $0.50 cents worth of ice cream back on the cone. Get yeah. a new scoop, hand it to them. Hey, well, it happens. It happened to me when I was five. That's, that's all. It's the way it goes. That's how you keep customers. If you, want to, if you want to say bad things, you're going to get ripped apart.
1: Well, did you ever go to a restaurant and you complain and it was legitimate and then they say, don't worry, this dinner is on us? You're going to go back to them. But yeah, I was in a restaurant one time. It just so happened to be a Chinese restaurant. And I, it was very upsetting when I looked on, at the wall right next to where I was sitting. There were roaches crawling on the wall. And I said to the people, uh, this is really upsetting to me. And now I can't eat this lunch because I'm not even sure if those roaches are in my egg roll. And they insisted that I pay. And I thought, you know, I'll never come here again. Keep your roaches. And I told everybody about it. So I hurt their business. People should realize that their customers are actually marketing for them when they have a good experience.
0: Right. Well, and yeah, like I said, uh, if if somebody's giving you money – they're buying something from you. They're, if your motive is to just take their money, it might be like, "We'll go get some ice cream from somewhere else, you clumsy, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you are creating food or drink or dessert or product or service and you want people to come away with a positive outcome, right? Like, oh, this food is really good. Then if they drop it or what the, the goal is to not take their money in that case. The goal is to have them enjoy what they just got from you. Uh so if you look at it that way it's not even a question it's like uh or oh this food is too spicy oh let me make it for you without not so spicy yeah it costs you you know like 20 30 the the proper markup would be so it should be 30 percent of the menu cost right so a seven dollar meal it should be two three dollars out of your pocket maybe give or take but that the value of, of a happy customer uh you know, there have been books written about this. <laughs> Whereas oh. the the damage done by some uh, a bad customer, I mean, a, an angry customer, not a bad customer. And then the problem is this: if you are the type of person that doesn't make people happy, then that will build up on itself, oh, and you'll yeah. get the one star, and you'll you'll eventually be gone. So,
1: there's a restaurant that somebody was talking to me about, and they said, "Oh yeah, um, I always order blah blah blah." But it's not on the menu, but they'll always make it for me if I ask. Now, you know darn well that people are flocking to that restaurant if you put the extra effort to support and to make your customers happy. Yeah. And so that's just an unknown, you know, something that, that should not even be discussed. It should be not even talked about.
0: Right. So that so Otherwise, I would be in well. business. Yeah, I left those Facebook groups I was mentioning about food trucks because like these people don't understand, and um, I always say that their view of the world is through the little window in their truck. By the way, I'm a food truck fan, so I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to diminish the value of, of entrepreneurial restaurants on wheels, but you do have to take into account the, the lasting impact that your interactions have not only on your business but on the the food truck industry, right? Cause people, I, I once, <laughs> I once was talking to a judge when I was at a, a city kind of meetup thing and they were talking about city functions here in Las Vegas. And the judge, when we were walking out, she said something like, Oh, food. Those are those, uh, they have roaches and I don't like that. And I said, uh, I I'm not exactly sure where that's coming from, but the, <laughs> the health department here inspects them. So yeah, but there, the old
1: there, remember everybody call those the roach. The R yeah, we don't <laughs> yes. call them that. Yeah, so, right. But this woman is, uh, you know, comes back, or she's probably okay. living in the nineteen forties.
0: That's the power of messaging. So yeah. the more often that any particular vendor, software, hardware, food, drink, the more often that you are a, a good part of the game, right? Like, oh, that, that restaurant, they got a secret menu. And if you order the thing, then they give you this. And, you know, to this day, I used to go to, uh, Lawan Cafe in, in, uh, Pomona and that the restaurant is gone. So, uh, it's a different owner, same, same name, different owner. But back in the day, I knew everybody that worked there. They were very nice to us. They would, they, they would give us free iced tea, which costs $0 and we would come there every day, all the time. When, and everybody knew that, oh, Dan's here for Thai food or, oh, Dan and his friends are here or whatever. And, uh, so when you when you treat your customers like you want them to come back and they do and they bring their friends, you end up making up 10, 100 times for the scoop of ice cream that you had to replace or whatever. So, exactly. And this applies to software. This applies to everything else. Uh, if your long-term goal is to take people's money, if you're a Bernie Madoff... <laughs> then that will come to get you at some point. But if you, uh, just want to make good things or, or, uh, do good things or whatever, uh, as they say, the money, uh, do, what does it do what you love and the money will follow? I don't buy that, but,
1: yeah, right. <laughs>
0: but at least, uh, if you can sleep well at night and you're like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I had to give somebody a scoop of ice cream, but they brought their 25 friends, uh, for a, a catering event next time. And I, I made, uh, you know, a thousand times the cost of that ice cream because of that. Well, even if they don't
1: bring their 25 friends, what you do should make you feel good as an entrepreneur.
0: Well, people don't, the the whole, the group, the Facebook group thing on that particular question, clearly the people are not feeling good about that because they were literally arguing about it. I wouldn't give them ice cream. Like those are the source of people. (laughs) Like really? Why are you in a business like this? Well, you're in a business like this because you can turn a buck on giving people ice cream and getting a good markup because desserts always have a... Well, you know,
1: there's good and bad and everything. And I thought doctors got into the medical field to help people. But of course, we've all run into doctors who were there just for the money. What they do is go, hmm, I've got to do seven operations this month to pay for my Mercedes, my Rolex, and my kids' college. And that's what they base it on. And I know that for a fact. But there are still doctors who feel good about helping people, and they get a lot of satisfaction out of Um, helping somebody who maybe came into their office on death's doorstep and now they're walking around. So there's good and bad in everything.
0: Yeah. On that
1: note, Dan, I have things to do today, and it's so enjoyable to talk to you on this podcast, but uh, my time is running short.
0: So we'll do some plugs again. uh, Home Design Chat with Nancy. I think I put a link to that in the uh, previous newsletter. This the the show notes, and then so <clears throat> so we have the show notes that will come out with each episode. So usually on Monday, and then if at some point we have guests, or if we do live stream with with chat or drop in audio, which I think I mentioned also in the th- in the uh, newsletter. So uh, the weekender, the weekend going in or before the show at the end of the week because we usually record on Sunday, we'll, uh, if we have a guest coming up or if we have something other interesting thing ahead of time, especially if we can do live chatting, right? So if we can see the topics like, hey, this week we're going to talk about the Kardashians again.
1: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I think I've, then, I've used up that subject.
0: I agree. So I think uh, if people are interested in participating, then the weekend newsletter, which is on Review, which is a Twitter company now, So I keep them separate so that you can explicitly choose one or the other. And I'm also trying them out and, uh, uh, probably won't be surprised to find that neither of them is really amazing, but they're, they're okay. Uh, so substack show notes, Hugo substack.com or the weekend edition, uh, from getreview.co slash whatever slash, uh, I don't like the link to that one. It's, it's, uh, it's harder to find, but. Those will be linked in the description of this podcast if you cannot find them, or if you just go to Substack or Review and type in Co, which matches our email, which are?
1: Nancy at HugoFloss.co. That's if you have any questions for me, but if you have any questions for Dan, he has his own email, dan at at HugoFloss.co. But
0: also, if you'd like to be a guest- ping Nancy and uh, we can talk about all kinds of things. Even if you want to talk about home design here, that I guess that's okay. But we can talk about if you own a food truck or if you own a, a, a kitchen store and you have to deal with customers and wait, what do you think about customers or whatever. It could, be, it could be anything. Yeah. No you topic know, is If you have
1: something time. to complain about, I had uh, at one time started a podcast called um, Kvetching with Nancy. And so it was meant to air out the complaints. Uh, maybe by doing that, some problems would be solved. Well, that went by the wayside. But if somebody has any uh, complaint, you know, well, I don't want to hear so your complaints. I want to hear your solution to your complaints.
0: Yeah, but, that's that's my other podcast. FFS is uh, it's it's based on the typically Irish expression for for a uh, f sake. And they, uh, that's when you say, ah, how come this isn't working? But it's the tagline is uh, what works, what doesn't, and what can we do about it? And I would rather, rather than complaining, I would say, here's what doesn't, here's what's not working, and here's what we could do to, to change that. And mm-hmm. it could be anything from
1: well, Yelp that's reviews or actually okay. Casa Nunzia would be. Possibly something like, okay, this doesn't work. This is what we're going to do about it. And oh, look at the right. solution! So, and we'll talk about Nunzia in our next podcast next week.
0: That's right. So the there uh the, there's an email address for that. If you're, that we'll we'll talk about the next weeks. But we're uh, we're moving forward on that, and we'll see uh, what kind of what kinds of things we can talk about with that. But anyway, um, so yeah, check out the show notes newsletter which will be emailed to you, or you can view it on the Substack website. And that's a good place to start. And there are links to other things there. And you can always buy Nancy a coffee or buy me a coffee. And in my case, it will actually go for a coffee. In Nancy's case, it will go for a new grinder.
1: <laughs> yes, we can talk about that another time.
0: Nancy needs a new Baratza Encore because this blade grinder is junk. So uh, let Nancy drink good coffee.
1: Yes.
0: Imagine imagine what will come of that.
1: Oh. So. You're so sweet to say that. Dan, it's been a pleasure today, as usual. Have a great I week. Know. <laughs> I want everybody to stay safe. Now, I used to say wear a mask, and now it's up to you. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask.
0: Don't feel bad if you do. That's that's going to be a problem if people are uncomfortable, but say, hey, you know what? Do what's right for you. Who cares what other people think? It's right. because people were were worried about what other people thought that we ended up with what we... Uh, this. The 14 months of, uh, if everybody would have said, you know what, I'll, I'll wear the mask. We would have been done in two months. So right. that's, uh, that's my conjecture. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week. And in the meantime, again, show notes, newsletter, follow up, uh, with us to be guest and we'll have more and more to say each week later. Bye Dan. Bye Nancy.